Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars, live at Stellantis! Yeah! Yeah, yeah. Oh yes. Well now, um, Stellantis crew, can Stellantis we hear you? Stellantis HQ. <laughs> awesome. Never this been is, here. No, and uh, this is their lovely new, uh, I don't know what you call it. It's an auditorium, Club Richard. room. No, you're, sorry, just, I, you're looking at for the purposes, <laughs> for the purposes of the tape. Uh, someone has left a lovely stack of clubs, club biscuits, on our little <laughs> table magazine. here on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Not the magazine. Imagine if the ambassador from the Ferrero Rocher adverts, this is kind of like what he does in the weekdays or when he's not got people over. This is his private stash of stacked up It's Jenga. You're playing treats. Jenga with confectionery. It is. They're a Jenga stack, so I'm slightly distracted and I, I just, Le- I just keep looking at them. Leave the, club, leave the clubs um, alone. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, this, is, this is tremendous. We haven't done one of these for a while. Um, no. Welcome to Stellantis. I was going to start with a little game. Who's up for a game? Don't worry, it's not, you don't have to join in Lackluster, too Luster, but we'll yeah. go with it. <laughs> yeah. Some of you may not be aware, but as well as being Belgium's leading techno DJs, Stellantis is also a car company. <laughs> Fact. Incredible to think that this whole headquarters is not just full of records. Um, so I thought a little game, because it can be quite confusing to remember what Stellantis is. So I'm going to say some names of car companies... And you've got to say if they are Stellantis or not Stellantis. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't thought this through. Um, I would have liked to catch you no, ideally. <laughs> but. All right, so first one, Vauxhall. Yes. Yes, Stellantis. These guys are good. Our Bath. Yes. Renault. Oh, oh they were quick. They were really I, quick. You thought they might hook them in by that, but no. Okay. Ferrari. Oh, there were some yeses. I heard a yes. Interesting. Well, let me tell you, it's a no. But it's not as simple as that. <laughs> as we know, Ferrari used to be part of Fiat, and then when Fiat became FCA, and then Ferrari was floated on the stock exchange. Yeah. But some of the shares were retained by the Ferrari family and also by FCA. But not really, because Ferrari shares now owned by a company called Exor, who are a kind of investment company. Oh, that's got, that's got Lex Luthor shit written all over it. Do you know what else Exor owns? Or owns bits of, rather? Club International. <laughs> well, You're just looking at the biscuits again. <laughs> uh, they own, bizarrely, they, well, they own a bit of Iveco Trucks. Yes. They own a bit of Christian Louboutin, the passion label. Don't know why. They own quite a big chunk of Juventus, the football club. And... They own about 22% of Ferrari, but they also own about 14% of Stellantis. What? So that's sort of... <laughs> so it's sort like a super nerdy pantomime. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, so Stellantis and Ferrari are effectively, I suppose, sisters under the part investment ownership of Exor, but they are not, in fact, the same company. Well, and there you fucking go. And with that... <laughs> I disappear into the night. I was going to say, I'd like you <laughs> to be too fucking interesting. You should sweep a cape across your face and then a, <laughs> and then a puff of smoke, and then I'm on my own. Do you want the, the full list of Stellantis companies? Yes, please. Uh, a Bath, Alfa Romeo, Chrysler, <laughs> Citroen, Dodge, DS, Fiat, Fiat Professional, uh, Jeep, Lancia, Maserati, Opel, Peugeot, Ram, Vauxhall, and also a small percentage of Leap Motor in China. <laughs> yeah, that's loads. It is loads. Goodness me. It's amazing they don't need a bigger office. They also own the Talbot brand. They also own the Talbot brand, says a man in the front row. Yeah, I know you. What are they doing with it, then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true, because obviously where we are stood, yeah. where this building is, this is all old school roots group, as was. All the roads are named after old... This is Back some, in the day. Sunbeam Way, is it? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Horizon Street? Yeah. 
Samba Trio Special Edition Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried to find the Solara? Yes, Solara. <laughs> Solara Drive. <laughs> Solara Drive. I bet you have. It's a very tappity road. No Toyota would be like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was hoping you'd ask me why I'm wearing these socks and shoes. Well, I know why you're wearing those socks, because they're the Spolt socks that I bought you from a rural Welsh supermarket. They do. Look at them. Knock off Adidas. Look at those beauties. I think, I think they were £2.50 Spokes. for a pack of three. So. Were they really? Yeah. <laughs> they were that cheap. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've got the spoke for the purposes of listeners. I've got the spoke socks on. <laughs> but, uh, Why are you wearing some well, wicker-fronted <laughs> shoes? Well, I found these bad fellas. I knew I'd bought them a long time ago. I actually bought these shoes brand new for a fancy dress do about 17 years ago. And I went into a bad shoe shop and I said, OK, what's the cheapest pair of men's shoes in UK 12 that you've got? And they went... These. <laughs> it wasn't even a beat, just these. No, no, honestly, it was like, we've had these for years and we can't get rid of the buggers, have them. And I paid £12 for them. Ooh. Yes. So, basically, everything below your ankle costs the sum total of £14.50. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not true, because the socks are in a three-pack, so... Yeah, so less. I can't do the maths on that, but anyway, that's good. Um, but, what was the theme of the party? Disgraced entertainer? No, <laughs> no, no I, I can't actually remember what I dressed as that party, <laughs> but what I can do is the reason why I'm wearing them to this event is because I thought to myself, how do you say to someone in a room, I drive a rough yellow bird... But without oh. saying I drive a rough yellow bird. Interesting. That's how. Yeah. Yeah. Also, maybe, mm. uh, Ayrton Senna, NSX yeah. spec, possibly, but these, but these do have laces. So I'm oh. quite happy to delace them if, if, for authenticity later on. Good. Yeah. Trouble is, they're actually not UK 12 because I've just walked in and they're really small. They're, they're, they're much shorter wheelbase than I remember. So my toes are sort of like fangs. Uh, so, yeah. hey, this is a deviation, but, you know, what? not for the first time. A listener sent us a thing this week because uh, they'd found an article where uh, an ex-cat burglar was interviewed. This woman who used to burgle big houses in Florida. And the reason that the listener sent it to us, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name, whoever it was, but they, they said that uh, we'd been talking about whether more crimes happened when it was raining. And they do, according to this woman. She said, I always used to do over houses when it was absolutely terrible weather because there's fewer people around and that anyone sees you up to something, they can't be bothered to walk over because it's wet. It's true. But also lots of surround noises, other, other noises, true. distracting noises. The reason I bring this up now is because she said one of the tactics she used as well to avoid detection or being convicted if caught was she'd always wear the wrong size shoes. Oh. Anyone heard of this before? Burglars wearing the wrong size? I mean, I'd go, I'd go. Well, it's tough, actually, because you go too small, you're going to be uncomfortable while you're on the rob. Yeah, true. But you go too big, there's a chance you might fall over as you're trying to run away. So <laughs> You'd run out of your own shoes. I'd probably only go like a half size either way, and then they'd just go, well, I mean, He's maybe probably they're, they're cut big. What, I mean, yeah. What, yeah. I'll tell you one thing. If I was going to do a heavy getaway, I would not use these. The traction on these is a no. Well, you've got your ridgy bit there. I've got the ridge. Uh, for the purposes of, the, of, of, of those listening and not in the room, these are not leather-soled. No, those are like my wedding shoes. What, the, were they 12 quid as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was my wedding, Johnny. They were £15.75. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I bought some new shoes to get married in, and I'd sort of assumed for some reason they had leather soles. I'd never really thought about it until I was tried to slide onto the dance floor. No, oh, did you And go? in fact, emergency stopped onto the dance floor. <laughs> did you? And almost fell on my face, yeah. Because <laughs> someone had put Gino by Dexys on. And it was an emergency. I had a dancing emergency. I had to get to the dance floor. But yeah, I just properly went, bonk. Um, Do you know, I went to my first Christmas do the other night. Uh, it was awkward because I didn't know anybody. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say what it was about because that will reveal too much information. But there's some information I want to share. It was in a, quite a bad pizzeria, okay? Mm -hmm. But as I was sat down making small chat with people I didn't really know, I looked up at the ceiling. I, I was just observing the coving, <laughs> as you do. It's true, I do sometimes do that. Yeah. And um, I noticed in the ceiling of this pizzeria, there were six by nine car speakers. Doing, oh. Doing the, uh, doing the, the sort of uh, amb ambient music, which was obviously Italian kind of... Opera spec or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I've seen that before, but... Have you? Six yeah. by nines in the ceiling of a, of a room? Yeah, and I can't think where. This was a terrible pizzeria. 
<laughs> you say where? No, I can't. Say, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying where. Why did you go to a party where you don't know anyone and it was in a terrible well, I can't, pizzeria? Because I can't say because then it'll instantly identify who and what and where. But what I will say is the, when we came to pay for our food, the guy took about 45 minutes to go around with a little contactless payment to everybody and mm. then realised he'd only charged everybody for drinks and not food and had to do that. <laughs> Had to do the entire thing again. There were people trying to leave, and he was like, "No, because you've only paid half." And he was like, "But we've just given you money." It was very awkward. Did you ask him where he got his speakers from? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> Those are an astro, mate. I, I did. I know. I didn't dare. I didn't dare. Um, Johnny's done a list. In case you haven't well, noticed, Johnny's done a, done a list of a list of things that are on his mind. I have to do this over the sort of coming days of these events. I've written down council gritter sport. Okay. <laughs> because two things happen. Also, you know, the, the council gritters are out, aren't they? Because it's winter. Mm. But I've noticed, I've seen in, in fuel stations an abundance. I know we're surrounded by confectionery on, confectionery on this table. An abundance of ritter sport right next to the, the way you pay for stuff for petrol. I think they're going through a massive wave of promotion. They've come out of nowhere. Yeah, that, I, I wonder what that is. Have you seen Rittersport more than usual? Yeah, something's uh, You know what I'm it? talking about, don't you? Rittersport is, a, I think it's German yeah. chocolate company. But it and feels like they're trying, to sort of, they're trying to force the issue a little bit. What Have, have our chocolate. We've got chocolate. <clears throat> have our chocolate. We don't want it. It's by the still. You're going to buy some. Yeah. Like that, that, that suspiciously cheap lease deals on those VWID buzzes the other day. What's going on? Maybe they come full of Rittersport. <laughs> I actually like We're on to you Germany But they always do ones With marzipan and praline Well that's what I mean They're sort of They're Eurospec They're very Euro they? chocolate You go yeah. Oh it looks quite nice I'll give it a try Because it's got a green wrapper I imagine it's mint And then you discover it's not It's like cabbage flavour Or something <laughs> <laughs> Cabbage well, You know what I mean though? You just get a kind of Slightly left field chocolate From abroad And you, yeah. just, you just It's not The colour It's like, it's like um, Walker's crisps Are They changed the it The colour coding's all off Yeah yeah, mm. but mm. Germans. Mm. Germans I've heard a good mm from the front. The, there. the Germans are, are quite bad at the whole color coding thing. It's when they used to sell SLK Mercs that were like navy blue on the outside and blood red on the inside. Yes. It never yeah, worked. Yeah. It was horrendous. No, their red interiors are always too red, aren't they? So red, just like like murder red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's probably hey, horrible red. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, um, or it was on another podcast. I think it was on when I did Chris Harris's podcast. And oh, I told the story about, sorry, I'm seeing other podcasts behind your back. No, it's before we started doing this. <laughs> Is it, though? It was years ago. Is it? And, but I, I told the story about, uh, uh, there's this old bastard Yorkshire farmer who went down to Ripon Land Rover to try and trade in his Defender. And he ended up buying a top-of-the-range Evoke. For no apparent reason, except it was in the showroom. And he just went, how much is that? I'll take it. <laughs> really? And, um, he's running late. He needed a week. He's wee. running late, yeah. He and then he used it to carry sheep in, and then he took it down to Ripon, I think it was Morrison's, and put it through the car wash because he realised it was filthy. And while he's in the car wash, he went, what's that button there? I've never seen that before. And he pushed it. It was the electric tailgate. Oh. <laughs> oh. Which went up. I've seen the video of that. And was then ripped off because he went, oh, bugger, and tried to make an escape and drove off, and the bottom half of the tailgate was ripped off. Now, I was told this story by somebody else, and I've always thought it's a great story. And, you know, I, I'm never entirely sure how much of it was true. But anyway, someone got in touch with us this week and said, I used to work at that garage. It's absolutely true. Here's some pictures of the car. <laughs> now, the tailgate being ripped off is one thing. It's actually the bottom half, and then the farmer has put some black board in oh. there instead with a number plate glued to it. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> She's got like a half-mast tailgate. He must have had to go buy another number plate because what happened was he left behind the bottom part of his tailgate with its number plate on, which is how come someone from Morrison's turned up at Rip and Land Rover, having seen their logo on the number plate, and gone, I think this belongs to one of your customers. He's just broken our car wash. <laughs> Never came back for the bottom half. Well, he did eventually. <laughs> and they went, oh, Morrison's want to speak to you. And he was like, I don't want to speak to them. <laughs> And then they had to break it to him that it was going to cost 15 grand to repair his Evoke because it had absolutely frigged it, including cracking the glass roof. It and he just went, don't I'm not use paying those. That. Just, just wash your own bastard car. Well, he's clearly a busy man with lugging sheep round in a 45 grand Evoke. So the thing that's remarkable to me about these pictures, which I won't share them because this was sent to me sort of just as a 
private thing, and I won't name the guy, but it's no, fascinating. To, and I won't name the to, pizzeria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we stop recording, we'll tell you all individually. Yeah. Um, but the amazing thing to me was not the, the tailgate damage. It was what an Evoke interior looks like when it's had sheep in it. <laughs> Now, this Evoke was uh, apparently is a, you know, a showroom model, and it was absolutely, at the time, typically top of the range, so 45 grand or whatever they were then. And it had got the bitone leisure, leather, so it had got black outer seats and red inner seats. And oh. that is a very strident red in there. It is. At least until a sheep has shat on it, and then it takes <laughs> on a slightly duller tone. <laughs> but it turns out that one of the other things that sheep do to cars is they chew the seat belts. So the car was quite comprehensively ruined. So the 15 grand wasn't just for doing the outside. It was for also... I can't work out why he decided to buy one. I don't one. know. Also, the other thing is he didn't trade his Defender for it in the end. He traded some ratty old Astra van for it. And when, the, when he turned up and went, right, there's a trade, and like, give me the keys to my new car, he, so he went, I've got to get my stuff out. He pulled out some massive chains... And in putting them into the boot of the Evoke, he smacked them into the back bumper. <laughs> and then he went back in the Astrovan, he pulled out a huge gas cylinder. As he was trying to get it in the Evoke, he whacked it into the side of it. <laughs> Brand new car. And then off he drove into the hills to put sheep in it. Legends. Now to square as fork, as they say. Yep. So, have you got something else on your list? I've, I've, got, I've always got things on my list, Richard. Well, uh, can I just... I yeah, was going to yeah. just, uh, just... Something that I, we didn't talk about last week on the podcast, and I sort of feel like... It was remiss of us, and I feel like it's going to elicit noises in the room. Tesla Cybertruck. Do you know, I had that written down. Oh. I've got it written down here, just for, just for transparency. Oh, yeah. Where is it? There, look. Oh, yeah. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. No, you've written... <laughs> But well, you're from the West Country, so you've written cider truck. <laughs> I wish Brackets, it, good idea, question mark. I actually wish it was a cider truck. That would be quite useful, wouldn't it? Uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I just kind of, it's, I've, it's been playing on my What mind. do we think? What do we think in the audience? So it's Tesla cyber truck? Yeah. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I think, I think. All right, that, Elon, pipe down. <laughs> I think the confusion for me is the truck bit. Because I don't entirely believe it's a truck. I don't think it's a truck, is it? It's a, car, it's a half-mast car. Well, it's a, quite a big car. Did you know one of the things is, though, that between the... And I know this is, this is actually not uncommon in the car industry. Concept cars tend to be built big, so they look impressive on motor show stands. But the Cybertruck was shrunk down. But only after they tried to engineer it at the same size, and then Musk had taken it home and gone, no, it's too big. Really? And they scaled it down. I think it's like it's about sort of... It's not, it's, they didn't scale at the same proportion in every direction but it is shorter than that one they drove on stage originally and it's a bit narrower i think so shrunk it down a bit but it's still massive yeah but it's it's got four wheel steering everybody and if you what if you read the things on social media people like total game changer with a four wheel steering yeah total game changer if you've never been in the 80s and seen a honda prelude (laughs) (laughs) p.s the 80s was about 40 years ago well, that's because I feel like that with. I saw someone that I think the facelifted Model 3 has lane departure warning. No, sorry, not lane departure warning, a blind spot warning. Yeah. And I saw an Tesla enthusiast on social media going, Oh my God, this is awesome. And you're like, Cars have had that for like 20 odd years. Yeah. It's going, Oh my God, they got water with bubbles in it now? What the hell? It's just like, Oh, it's just, I, I, it's, I, because I think, and I don't mean this as a criticism. Well, I suppose I kind of do. I think you I probably think, do, though. I think Tesla enthusiasts are often people who actually aren't into cars. They're yes. into tech. True. So I, they I don't know what's going on with other cars. Yeah. And so they're, they're wowed by almost everything that a Tesla has because they're unaware that you can have it on a Yaris. A Volvo from 2001. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> doors that open, I mean, doors that fit properly are maybe a different thing. Yes. yes. I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious about the Cybertruck because I think there's been some sort of bullshit spread about it by the people who got access to review it. It doesn't have an exoskeleton. Okay, wasps have exoskeletons. Go and yeah. dismantle a wasp and see what that looks like. That's not like a Cybertruck. It's got an internal structure. It means it's not a, an exoskeleton. True. So that's bullshit. And I saw one of the reviewers repeating that lie that the Model S got 5.4 out of 5 in safety tests. What? Yes. It's a literally impossible car. <laughs> So there's been some extremely shitty journalism, but I do think the Cybertruck is quite interesting, and we are talking about it now, and I found myself talking to people about it all of week. Of course, absolutely. Which is kind of, you know, we want 
interesting cars and cars that we can talk about. Disruptive. Disru- <laughs> disruptive vehicles. Well, no, you could be disruptive by having a poo in boots. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend mean, it, honestly. What, you but... mean footwear or do you mean the shop? <laughs> <laughs> Either's good. But, you know. Either's not ideal, let's face it. But, but I just I do think there's, sort of, there's plenty to talk about. And there is some interesting stuff on it. You know, sort of full 48 volt electrics and bloody, bloody, blah. But it, I do think they've made a rod for their own back by having to Dress it up in Make stainless steel. Make it look like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. just silly. Imagine if it didn't have to have stainless steel skin that they had to develop a whole new thing for. Yeah. They could have got it on sale earlier and it could still have had all the interesting good bits about it. So I'm still I going Rivian. But listen, there's bigger news out there, Richard. Really? Yeah. Do you remember the other week we were talking about a tin of soup signed by Nigel Mansell? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well... When we finished recording our podcast, I dithered a bit and thought, I must buy that tin of soup. (laughs) And didn't buy it for 24 hours. Went back to the link, fucking gone. Did anyone here buy the cream of Mansell soup? Oh, God, I was wishing someone would say yes. So if anybody's listening to this podcast, if somebody bought the Mansell soup, Mm. which does sound wrong when you say it out loud, (laughs) can you please get in touch with us? We're just keen to know what what the hell is going on, frankly. Somebody pointed out... That the tin of Mansell soup was, in fact, it had on it part of a multi-pack not to be resold separately. Oh, did it? Which sort of implies the existence of three more tins of Mansell soup, or perhaps, for enthusiasts of the famous Gang of Four from 1980s F1, a Senna soup, a Prost soup, and a Piquet soup. Cream of Piquet. I... No, I mean, obviously the soup would have to be quite out of date now if they've got Senna's signature on it as well as all the other three, but it's an intriguing prospect. But there'll be collectors out there that if you've got all of the soups by all of the men, <laughs> game-changing amounts of money. Anyway, um, this brings me quite neatly onto this tatty box here. Oh, sweet. Which... That's spectacularly badly yeah, packaged. Yeah, well, it's partly my fault because I ripped it open and then repackaged it, but I'd like you to open that. Oh, shit. Because, okay. in fact, I would like you to have the contents because I certainly don't want it in my house anymore. Oh. Uh, this not, is a, this is a stitch sell, back to uh, something else that we referenced on the podcast a few weeks ago, I think, which... Um, I'll let Johnny open the box. Well, this is about the size. It's like a small... <laughs> Fuck off. You bought it. I'm going to hold this up to the audience. For, for people at home, um, <laughs> the horrible, sinister head of Nigel Mansell from eBay that we talked about. Uh, oh, God, I it bought feels... It. It's, it's not clay. No, it's not clay, is it? It's foam. It's also Which clay. actually makes it more revolting. It's, it's and as cl- you can see, the foam... The, the, fa- <laughs> the Mansell has a tab on the go, as we established... <laughs> It's an yeah, earring. it's got an earring. Do you know what? This is, this is when... It's like you saying, could you do a self-portrait of somebody that you aren't allowed to look at and yeah. you've never seen before? <laughs> what the buggery is going on? This is not Nigel Mansell. Also, have you noticed... This is Cabaret Mansell. He's got an incredible shaving rash. Is that, is that a choker? Yes. He's got a choker on. I think... What the, I can't this believe... Is, this is someone's Uncle Bob... And then someone's gone, that looks a bit like Nigel Mansell. Oh, you're right, yeah, let's get it on eBay for... And I can't remember what I paid for it. I think it was £5. <laughs> Being eight. But I, I would like you to have it. Thank you so much. Yeah. I won't be allowed back in the house if I return home with it. My wife will change the locks. It's, you know it's, it, I, I imagine, though, it came incredibly well-wrapped. I bloody bet it did. I bet it cost more than five quid to wrap the yeah, thing. Yeah, well, it did. It was like more than £5 worth of bubble what? wrap and... and gaffer well, tape and stuff and it, it took me a long time to get into it and so when I actually got into it and opened that box I, I went <laughs> to gonna, nobody because it was so so revolting just so, so just so it looks like you're about to do a massive rugby kick on it <laughs> <laughs> just so so anybody listening I've, I've placed the head of Mansell uh, or bu- the bust of Mansell at the edge of the stage so if anybody wants to kind of have a feel that sounds also quite wrong at the end of the event feel free it is I, I'm quite creeped out by the it's choker creepy. if I'm yeah, honest the whole the thing is, is creepy he's also did you notice it's got eyelashes like a lot of them yeah yeah. that's almost the bit that weirded me out the most just in case they're real eyelashes or something I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Buffalo Builders um, Craigslist. Right. Okay. So, um, 
Now, I wanted to talk to you about SD1s. Always here for that, my friend. So if I say to you, the audience, and you, the Richard, uh, <laughs> well, if I say SD1, what do, you, what do you think of? Well, a big and excellent rover. Tony, Tony Pond. Pond. Nice. Well, of course, you'd all be wrong, because I recently discovered, because I've spent some time on government websites, <laughs> uh, it's, actually a, it's actually a really important government form. Oh, which uh, it, it means, you, you, this is the exact quote, you demand a medium, immediate payment of a debt from a debt from a limited company within 21 days. You have to fill out the SD1 form. Is this what this pizza restaurant's doing to get you for not paying for your food? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, we won't talk about That's, that. Because yeah. funny enough, SD1 is also, I, in my old house, we had a little box, and everyone else has got this, where the burglar alarm can ring you when it goes off. Uh, which is... What to say, I've been going off for 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I'm going so off. Everyone's you go, pissed off. It's, it's hard to know what to do with that information, though, except try and ring your own house, and if anyone answers, go, could you stop burgling me, please? <laughs> also, are you wearing the wrong size shoes? Um, <laughs> but anyway, that, that it was there. And, and I noticed the little box that is actually the thing that hooks into the phone line that rings you is co- was called an ST1. What? Mm. I think I've got a picture of it somewhere, because I was you so fascinated. Up, you turned yeah. up to listen to this live. Well, it's sort of... No, but it... <laughs> It does. It, I was. I kind of slightly life. collect things that have the same name as cars. Yeah. Does anyone else do this? No. Fucking weirdo. Could have been. All right. Let's not, piss, let's not piss around. Who wants these shoes? <laughs> <laughs> Who is uh, UK eleven? But should be twelve. But it's, I think it's. Are they, are they that uncomfortable? You just want they, to give they them away. They are actually quite uncomfortable. <laughs> So I am willing to donate these shoes to someone that gives a shit. The room, the room is no a, the room is a, a right. The hands gone up. Right, come, come here then. I'm taking these shoes off. I can't bear them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shoe. Are you just giving him one? No, no, I'm just not. one. Yeah, no, the I'm other one goes to somebody else. Are you expecting mine in return? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what a friend of mine did when he couldn't get into a nightclub because he was wearing trainers. He went to the pub next door. No, no, you keep those shoes. That's very kind. You're willing to give me your shoes in exchange? You're up on the deal here, my friend. You, Johnny, haven't thought this through and are driving home in your socks. Driving home for socks. Thank you. Well, uh, Thank you. Big round of applause for the man who now has another pair of shoes. Oh, shoes. I'd like you to turn up in a faux rough yellow bird made out of a Daihatsu Copen or something <laughs> like that, I think. With Nigel Mansell's head as a passenger. <laughs> um, as a JDM gear shifter. Now, she- <laughs> <laughs> It's not that big. Um, shoes reminds me of something I want to talk to you about. Go ahead. Printed it out because I wanted to remember it properly. Yep. Yeah. A few weeks ago, a few months ago, we were talking about bowling. Yes. You were talking about that extreme bowling where they're just... Oh, amazing. Pro, bo- pro, pro, pro temp in bowling, yeah. But they, right. get, they, they, they hold it in two hands. They don't put the fingers in the holes. Yeah. Well, yeah. did you know... It's very impressive. There are three widely recognised categories of bowler in pro bowling. Okay. The first type... I'm actually of, interested. <laughs> I know, I I know. Like, everyone go. Yeah. I want to talk about bowling. Yes. Uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> the first type of bowler is the stroker. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. Did I make these up? Once? No, no, I'm you're going to enjoy this. Uh, okay. Using the most classic bowling form, they tend to keep the shoulders square to the foul line and develop only a moderately high backswing, achieving modest ball rotation or rev rate. What? Yes. And ball speeds, which thus limit hook potential and kinetic energy delivered to the pins. Strokers rely on accuracy. Of course. And repeatability. <laughs> Strokers benefit from the high entry angles <laughs> that reactive resin balls enable. So if you really... No, you I promise you this. I printed this off from the internet, so it must be true. That resin balls enable. So that's strokers. Yeah, okay. I do like a stroker. Now, a stroker is different, of course, to a cranker. <laughs> no, no way. Crank, I promise no you. You can look this up. Crankers tend to open or rotate the shoulders and use strong wrist action in concert with a high backswing, achieving higher rev rates and ball speeds, thus maximum hook potential and kinetic energy. <laughs> Crankers rely on speed and power and may leave splits that would not be left by a stroker. 
<laughs> this, this can't be real. Now, there's a third one. These are called tweeners. <laughs> what? Derived from in-between. So there's something between a stroker and a cranker. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have gone with wanker, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, tweeners have a style that falls between stroker and cranker. <laughs> the term is considered by some to include... Power strokers. No, no, no. And they are people who combine the high rev rate of a cranker with the smooth delivery of a stroker. <laughs> I love Tempin Bolly, but this makes me love it even more. What's going on with stroking and cranking? I don't know. It took me about a day to recover when I found this. <laughs> it's sort of inadvertently smutty. I think it's American because it's inadvertently smutty in a way that perhaps. Has anybody been Tempin Bolly in the recent past? Yeah, were you a stroker or a cranker? Yeah, <laughs> somewhere in between. Oh, you're in between. Ah. At the back, there were two other people stroking or cranking. Stroker. <laughs> sorry, you say sorry. Say that again. Stroker. <laughs> and, and the other person who didn't just say stroker. Nothing. No. Oh. Or maybe just a quiet stroker. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> a gentle stroker. Well, right. Um. Well, that's amazing. There we go. I just thought I've been I've been meaning to tell you about this for ages. Yeah. It's it's uh, it fascinated. I've got nothing in this book that's going to compete um, with that. I, I, I wanted to, sorry, I don't want to keep banging on about Tesla, particularly since we're in Stellantis headquarters and I've checked and they're not part of the Stellantis group <laughs> <laughs> for now. Um, but I, I was because I was reading all that Cybertruck stuff and and the, and sort of becoming intermittently annoyed by it and fascinated. And yes. then I suddenly want thought is it? Do I want a Tesla? I feel like I want a Model Y. Mainly because of the charging network. The charging network, for me, they're an amazing organ donor, but they look like a computer mouse. And I just, I can't unsee that. And the Model 3, obviously, it looks like you're, you're basically cro- you're showing your crotch to all oncoming yes. stuff. As you're talking about. <laughs> I saw one today. <laughs> and, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, Chaps, I, if you've got a Model 3, always make sure you shake carefully at the urinal because people are going to see it otherwise as you drive off or just simply wear shorts or trousers you know don't no i didn't mean that i just meant oh. you know coin yeah, of shame okay. but yeah. <laughs> okay well, yeah you forgot what i just um, said we'll edit that bit out <laughs> yeah it's just <laughs> i think the thing the, 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 the bottom line there for me is drivetrain's brilliant body shells unacceptable okay that's just the way i feel about it people say that about me yeah yeah <laughs> probably me, also me, call me a probably cranker me and a stroker so you know <laughs> Roll with the punches. You know what? If we were the equivalent of Starsky and Hutch, we'd be crank and stroke. <laughs> Are we just unnecessarily wheel spinning? I thought we'd turn? be bore and stroke. A oh, bore and stroke. Yeah. I like because, that. Because, you know, because of, of my book. For the tape, I'm showing the audience my new book in a feeble attempt to promote it. <laughs> um, <laughs> put that back there. Bore and stroke. I quite like that. Yeah. P.I. Yeah. Can, P-I we do that? Can we also do that thing where we wear flip-flops? Flip-flop cops, yeah, well remembered. Someone's one, been paying attention. One, one of us should be. The other one should have a Triumph PI. With the fuel, <laughs> the fuel, the, the fuel ejection's wanked all the time. A detective called Triumph 2500. <laughs> PI, yes. <laughs> That's detective. He's a tw- just a 25-year-old man called Triumph. Um, it's not convoluted. No, we, I was going to share with people the, the thing I messaged you about the other day where I, I suddenly popped into my head is that you know sort of certain car names are abbreviated. Um... And but I realised that, that they were then owned by certain celebrities. That the names of the celebrities would then re-complete the name of the car. What? Oh, I think. I know what, yeah, you said that yeah. at the time. You went, "What are you fucking on about?" But, yeah, yeah. So, for example, a Corvette. If it was abbreviated, but then it was bought by a member of a popular Irish group, it would be Andrea's Corvette. Oh, or Andrea Cor's vet. Mustn't talk about wrong. the cause. Yeah, we've done that before. Elon I think, Musk on this Stang. Being another one, and I, <laughs> Mary Barra's Cuda, and then I couldn't think of any more. So I just, if anyone's got any, they think of tell us in the interval, and we'll we'll read out the best. I ones. couldn't think of anyone. No, I've probably thought of them all. They were good. It popped into my head. It's one of those ones. It's the first thing I thought of when I woke up. Elon Musk's Stang. Yeah, I thought Andrea's Cor, Andrea Cor's vet was. I'd love to see Andrea Cor in a Corvette. Would you? Yeah. Anyway, right. So. <laughs> uh, Talking a little bit more practically, before we actually came in and started this, this gig, we were talking very sensibly about in-car cutlery, ICC as I like to call it. Uh, I live on the road a lot, and uh, there's nothing more annoying than buying a salad and realising you've got nothing to eat it with, because you've probably left the shop and <coughs> forgotten to take all the cutlery. So uh, 
with all the cars that I've got circulated about my person, most of which are broken at the moment, I, uh, I, I, I keep a, sl- a sleeve of disposable cutlery <laughs> in the glove box. And, I th- and I'm really pleased with myself when I go, oh, no, I forgot. No, I haven't. Uh, it's in the glove box. I think, aren't you the man I once saw eating a Marks and Spencer salad with a business card? Yes. <laughs> that, that has happened. Yes. That so I can see why you've now... Oh, I've done, done it. This. I've done the two finger. Oh, you know I've done I the think... two finger salad eating as well, and it's it's not cool. It's not cool at all. No, exactly. And I've used my socks as a um, a serviette. What? <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely. I did I, you take them off? Yeah, first? I took a sock off, used it as a serviette, and then just carefully kind of put it back on again and strategically. And look, I'm, it's true. I'm just being. I crazy. had to do that at a house party in America once, but it wasn't to wipe my fingers. <laughs> Really? It's a low point in my life. Is this pre-internet? My wife wasn't even there. I'd never even met my wife at this point, and she sometimes brings it up as an example of what a, an errant <laughs> human being I am. <laughs> did, you, did you leave the place one-socked, or did you...? It's, I'm not going to tell the oh, story. Oh, OK. Uh... Even by our standards, it's not good. <laughs> it's it's the low... same party where um, they had those... Uh, this was in the 90s, and they had, you know, the sort of rinser things you get on sinks that come out on a... At least one person knows what I'm on about. <laughs> they were kind of a novelty here in the 90s, and they were seem to be quite commonplace. I worked in, the in a US. catering kitchen that had one. Yeah, but they didn't get them at home, did you? No. And this was just in, a, in an apartment in a, in a town in North Carolina. And we were standing in the kitchen, which was open plan, onto the living room. Yeah. And I said, Look, there's a thing that comes out of the <laughs> sink and squirts. And my stupid mate C just picked it up and went like that and sprayed the whole room with it. Mm. And amazingly, we weren't asked to leave. We were asked to leave later when he threw a piece of watermelon into a ceiling fan. <laughs> <laughs> really? And let me tell you, that is an amazing thing to behold. But it will get you asked to leave what, the party. Along with Captain Shitsock as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, I don't know what happened. I'm just assuming. Had a terrible You've incident. assumed broadly along the right lines, Did you? Yes. Were you wearing some bleached white, spouty sock numbers like the ones I'm wearing uh, now? I, don't, or? I wasn't. Anyway, you don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it because I think it reflects badly on me. <laughs> um, and I already do this podcast, so uh, it's fine. Uh, listen, I want to read out a, uh, a listener's uh, message because it's something that we, again, it's a little throwback to something we talked about the other week. We, uh, we were talking about the, the song Torn. By off, Natalie Imbruglia. Off of Natalie Imbruglia, yeah. An excellent song. And we were slightly concerned that when she sings Lying Naked on the Floor, yeah. that she was going to catch a chill. Yes. Unless it had underfloor heating, of course. Well, you rightly it? pointed out that she might have underfloor heating, yeah. but we couldn't be sure, and we were a bit worried about Natalie. We were. Worried no more. Yeah. Because I thought listener, about it for a while. Rufus Davis. As a concerned person. Rufus says, I'm good friends with a gas engineer who has serviced Natalie Imbruglia's heating system. (laughs) She lives just outside Windsor, on the Thames. And luckily for her, she had what was, at the time, quite an advanced heating system. This incorporated the swimming pool heating and the underfloor heating. I can only presume her willingness to lie naked on the floor played a big part in this setup. Wow. Hopefully this will paint a less troublesome picture in your minds, knowing that not only is she relatively warm down there, being naked on the floor, (laughs) but also that her boiler is regularly serviced to manufacturer specifications. Wow. We often say this, but there is nothing that our listeners don't know. So thank you, Rufus, for that, for that peace of mind. Assuming she still lives in Windsor, which I've heard this before that she lives in Windsor. So that was the bit that made me think, I think this is true. And a corgi engineer, presumably. But she has a, what was at the time. I mean, she what, when, was, when was torn? Late 90s. So she's probably made a few quid off that. 97? Was it She'd already been in Neighbours, so she's probably all right. So she bought the house before that, had the mm. underfloor heating put in. Yeah. And when she did torn, <laughs> which as we know she didn't write, but it probably spoke to her because she went, oh, I do that. Because of my state-of-the-art underfloor heating. Because it's the warmest place in the house. Mm. I'll lie down on the flagstones. Well, she's no fool in Brulia. She knows that he <laughs> rises. She's straight, on those winter months, she's on the floor. I can't go. Eating a spag bowl <laughs> off the bathroom floor or something. Who knows what she's up to. Um, I've got another letter here while, we're, while I've got this Sorry, I've got, I've got a frog in my throat. Uh, I, I don't even the want to emotion, this. actually, of that. 
Just one more. Is, actually, is there anyone here? Because we're in the, the sort of the heartland of the British Midlands. Oh, yeah. Um, and the car industry. Anyone here work for JLR? Way. That's what, three, four? Three, oh, four, cool. five. You, the, shoes. The, shoe, the shoes, shoes guy. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. Good uh, friend. <laughs> are you lending him the shoes as well? <laughs> well, now, you haven't come in a defender, have you, with side panniers? Because you could pop the shoes in there, as we know. That's true. Uh, and this uh, rough yellow bird attire, uh, footwear. Um, a listener called Matt Baker, uh, he doesn't have a defender. He just wanted to write in and say, I've always thought those panniers on defenders are for storing jazz mags. <laughs> as they ah. appear to be the right size for a handful of grot. <laughs> Just be careful when you open them. You wouldn't want a bonga lunch in Waitrose <laughs> Car Park. Uh, and I'm only reading this out because I can say the word bongo lunch, but um, he's got a fair point. I'm uh, sure da- you could store many can literature I, things Darren in Darren Arthur, are you here? Right at the back, Darren. Right. Now, Darren, if you remember, several live um, events ago, told us this story about a 2CV that he bought that was absolutely full. I remember in Bristol. It was the highlight of the Bristol live show. Of adult graphic novels. And uh, he sent me a picture. I saw. Absolutely full. Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) Well beyond the safe payload of a 2CV, I would say. It reminded me of the the Brinks thingy. uh, Brinks (laughs) mats. The transit van full of gold bullion. Wanks mat. Yes, um, it's exactly that. Impressive, though, right? That's a lot of weight of, of printed material, would you say? Um, I wish you kept them. Anyway, uh, uh, the... just one more message here that I want to read, just because it's, it's relevant to you personally, uh, it's, and it's addressed to you. Johnny says, uh, it's from a lady called Verity, says, my other half started watching Miami Vice after hearing just how much fun you were having watching it. I had a lot of fun. Are you now equally as annoyed that Amazon has pulled the show from Freevee? He's livid. Oh, I'm pissed right off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's behind the paywall now. I'm really annoyed. Bastards. I've been watching it since Christmas last year. And I've got, I'd say, three quarters of the way through. Oh. And, and, and the shutters have come down. That's annoying. Yeah, I know. I'm, and I'm so annoyed about it. Out of principle, I'm never going to watch any more Miami Vice. So I'm, I'm never going to really know what happened beyond that. But it's now. not Miami Vice's fault, is it? It's just the streaming service have been cruel. It might pop up on another one. And you'll have to remember where you're right, Well, to. I might forgive it if it pops up on another one. <laughs> that sort of... But I know, it's, it's a real shame. I, I'm, I, I need to apologise to everyone who started watching Miami Vice because I wouldn't stop talking about Miami Vice. It's quite addictive though, right? And the acting is better than I expected from the two main characters. All the guest characters are largely shit. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. But uh, no, I, I think it's solid. I think it's very solid. Good. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> solid. Watched, I've almost got Miami Vice cold turkey in actual fact. Really? Because you just reminded me, I haven't seen any Miami Vice for probably eight weeks. You're absolutely herring around Stamford in a, in a white testarossa, but it's really taken the shine off it. If you well, can't. it's an MR2, to be, to yes. be honest. <laughs> it's, it's because I don't want to drive a testarossa in winter. Oh, so that's yeah. when I get the... Keep mini- it for best. Yeah, yeah. that's when I get the yeah, Mr. Yeah. 2 out. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely drowned in duck oil, just so it doesn't erode. Duck oil. <laughs> like duck oiling your MR2. <laughs> Regularly. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to counteract the salt granules. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just a thing I do. <laughs> yeah. Do you have you got something else you want to talk about on your list? Yeah, I wanted to talk about Spotify. It's an idea I had a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah. No, come on. Okay. It's fairly obvious. Uh, Spotify for cars with grunt. I was thinking. I so you know, it's like Shazam. So you you pl- you play the sound of the car, and it tells oh, you I what the see. car is about. Spotify. Ah. And they'll know if it's a transit. You know uh, that that hot transit with the pretend exhausts. What's the name of it? The one with the body kit. MRST. No, yeah, that's that the one. thing they have in hospitals that makes your legs fall off. <laughs> Yeah, it's that one. Yeah. It's that one. It's the one with the exhaust, with the other exhaust clamped onto it. Oh, just, yeah. When you follow it with headlights on at night, you can see it's just... A, I know, that's annoying, a, isn't it's it? A, it's just a no entry. Hey, do you know what other car has fake exhausts? Lots of Audis. If you'd read Boring Car Trivia 4, you would know that. <laughs> Lamborghini Shit Miura. What's that, Richard? I'd, what's that you're holding? That's my new book, Johnny. Oh, wow. Um, just come out, is it? It's full of facts. It's just, just come out, actually, funnily enough. I haven't mentioned it, but it no. has just come out. But yeah, in there, one of the facts is that the Lamborghini Miura has fake exhausts. Because the clamshell hinges at the back. So if it had real exhaust, they'd snap off. So they're just little stubby fakies, and the real ones come out further up. 
Why did we never know this? Silence. The silence of the fascinated. <laughs> that is actually quite impressive. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> Thanks, Shit, mate. I forgot about Nigel's head at the bottom <laughs> of the edge of the stage. <laughs> Gosh. I want you to put that on, like, put it on your bedside table. No way. And see how many times you wake up screaming. No, no bloody way am I putting that on the bedside table. <laughs> I've had a night mansel again. <laughs> night mansel. <laughs> ah! uh, um, ne- next Halloween, I'm going to get it sewn onto the shoulder of, <laughs> of a coat. Are you going to shave your beard to match his? I've noticed as well, he's got a, again, not like real Mansell, he's got a little sort of soul soul patch. patch, And I used to have really big sideburns. I used to have sideburns just like that, and a soul, but I never had a tash like that. Are you sure this isn't you? I was going to (laughs) say. I don't know, that makes it a little bit Do you have a BNH cap? No. I'm pretty sure Mansell's never had one of those. I don't think Mansell's (laughs) Or a choker or a single earring. (laughs) <laughs> no, not really. These are all not it's Nigel someone's Mansell. Uncle Jim. Yeah, someone's it is. It's Uncle someone's Jim. dodgy uncle, clearly. Yeah. Now, uh, something else I want to bring up. There's another message from a listener. But I found this quite interesting. Okay. Because it's sort of relevant. Uh, a listener called John Thistlethwaite Great, uh, right. said, please consider a segment on this pertinent topic. Want to find the least valuable car sporting the most valuable number plate? It's something that's fascinated me for years. And he's put in some... He's seen ABC123 on a faded red mid-90s Fiesta and A14 on a late 2000s A-Class. And today he saw 13DE on a what he describes as a I've got a friendly MOT chap spec W202C class. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know exactly what yeah, John means. Yeah, because it's so discreet what with that number plate. Yeah. Know, or more. Well, and, um, and so John wants, was wondering if uh, listeners could uh, submit their things. Now, the thing about this is, John says he wonders if it's the result of old money transitioning to deceased spec final drive motoring or possibly less financially able children and grandchildren inheriting an heirloom spec plate. Heirloom spec. Well, we've got a listener who is some kind of hotshot accountant. Have we? And he's messaged us before about things like this. Uh, is he, he going to give us an, uh, like a really valuable number plate? This is one of our patrons. He Stars. says, please do not read my name out in capital letters. Well, see, that's why I'm glad you read these out. Yes. There's yeah. a good reason why this is staying over this side of the table. <laughs> he protects me from these pieces of literature. He says it's about very valuable number plates on not very expensive cars. It's very common in certain parts of the country. <clears throat> it's often part of an inheritance tax plan because there hasn't really been a huge market correction on the value of certain plates. Please do not read my name out, he says again, just to be clear. Yours, Alan. Some people... (laughs) (laughs) Some people have been passing plates through their family like bearer bonds for years. The method is you buy a very expensive number plate, put it on a quite cheap car, and put it in your will that your car is to go to so-and-so. Even if the revenue spot the valuable plate, they don't generally consider the car and the plate to be distinct because the DVLA have the right to withdraw the plate with no compensation, so they only value the car for inheritance purposes. Please do not read my name out, he says again. Is that the third? The third, well, it's three, three, three lots of capitals. There's different schools That's of thought see, on how to do this. Well, um, actually, I did a bit of an auction preview, uh, which would be l- last week, if you're listening to this uh, when it comes out, which I can't remember, Sunday, Monday. And um, there was a smart cart which went for auction as yep. a category... N, you know, that's sort of like the category of salvage that you can put the car back on the road. A smart car, category N, mm. and the number plate was 52K. Ooh. Yeah, which was valued at 50 grand. For between 45 <laughs> and 50 grand. So, Do you think yeah. that would say what you see? How much is that plate worth? Ooh, Ooh 52K. Oh, dear, honestly, it, I haven't, I haven't the seen... The power of suggestion. I haven't seen what that plate w- goes for or has mm. sold for, but if it has gone for 52, brilliant. But, yeah, so you're, buying, you're getting a free like damaged smart <laughs> with your exceptionally <laughs> expensive number plate. Wow. And then you can pass That's it great, though, because the number plate's about four inches long. Oh, yeah. It's really, really tinsy. I saw a discovery on the motorway today and the number plate was dog box. What? And I thought... My brother calls, like, shit cars that. that. But also that's a kind of, you know... What's that? Gearbox. Dog box. Oh, yeah, of you course. Know, I box. thought you were doing something and I was else. like, well, now it's a discovery. <laughs> Cranking or stroking? <laughs> well, um, no, yeah. it's, uh, I assume because it's a, a discovery that it's someone who has large pets, and that is the 
box in which they transport the round. I thought, in a way, I don't really like private plates, but I thought that was in a strange way. It was quite box. cool. But I did wonder if it's just, in fact, an enthusiast of very noisy competition gearboxes. I'd love it if that Land Rover had a... Had a, <laughs> a really had high, a big sequential really high was, stick on it. it JLR really, people, could we make this possible? Is that technically... We've got to make it talk to the ECU, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what people seem to say all the time now. And you go, well, like, put a new gearbox in it. Ooh. Don't know if we'll get on with the ECU, mate. <clears throat> ECU's bane of my life at the yeah. moment. <laughs> yes. Are we allowed to ask? That and water ingress. So, uh, yeah. I should tell you, in fact, Johnny, is, it, I, is this a spoiler alert if I tell the messages you left me the other day? I don't know. On Monday, you left me a long voice note yeah. about what a great time you were having in a car that you just got Oh, going. yeah, yeah, you can probably say that, yeah. Johnny rang me from his Boxster. Yeah. Mm. Swanky, yeah. And uh, told me that it was working brilliantly. Yes, in fact, it had magically fixed itself. Is that right? Yeah, it has. It's, it's self-healed the ECU, which is still... I think any car that self-heals, you aren't entirely trusting of it because you think, when's it going to go back to what it was or get worse? Um, does anyone... Sorry, it will sound irrelevant. Does anyone have any wood? Just because I, I need to touch I some the wood. Sta- the stage is made stage might be wood. Is- I'll see my wood in this chair. My Range Rover fixes itself. Yeah, guess what he's driven to this event in? Working. And it's I'm not pissed. saying it, I'm not saying it, no. but it is working yeah. well. But yeah, it fixes yeah. itself. Driver's door window suddenly stopped being one touch. Now it's one touch again. Amazing. <laughs> Just didn't is feel it, like it for a while. Is it a stroker or a cranker? That's the question. <laughs> so yeah, I drove home, uh, aquaplaning a, a third of the way, 150 miles. Uh, but it was the fact I was in a car with uh, someone we know, another car journalist. And I got that message. He was driving, and I was in the past. So I listened to your message, and, and, and I was going, ha, 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 and then had to explain myself when I came off listening to the message. I said, Johnny's picked up his Boxster. He says it's going brilliantly. And we both went, uh-oh. <laughs> in about the time it took us to look at each other and go, uh-oh, I had a second message from you. This went, one of the wipers has come off. <laughs> It was absolutely, it was flailing with rain, like it is tonight, the whole way back. And I was stuck behind a lorry with just lots of mist, mm. pissy mist coming off it. And so the wipers were getting a proper workout. And then one of the blades on the driver's side just came unhooked and went down, halfway down the shaft, <laughs> sort of like wibbly wobbly. So that the end of the arm was scoring the windscreen. Oh. oh, it was horrendous. So I had to kill the wipers and then drive looking down... <laughs> looking down the passenger side, <laughs> but I couldn't put the wipe on because it just had a slightly clearer windscreen. I don't know why. And there was nowhere to pull over. So I had to drive for three miles, not seeing anything. Oh, it's like hyper eyes. Like <laughs> Carl Fogarty slash Paul Hollywood laser eyes. Like that. I didn't blink for fucking ages. <laughs> That Carl Fogarty never uses the wipers because of his because no. of his hawk eyes. Oh, honestly, <laughs> go, go, his wiper blades. It's that I'd whole like unused. fight or flight thing of like I can't pull over. There's nowhere to pull over. This car's coming the other way. I can't see anything. It's pitch black. Let me rain everywhere. Quick, do something, Butley. Do something. <laughs> and then I pulled in. I found a, a 24-hour fuel station. And and luckily, I, I was worried that the arm had start was a bit wanked or the motor mm. was a bit wanked, but it wasn't. It was just the blade had just come on, clicked, and gone down the shaft. So, so I just clicked it had gone it back from on. being a stroker to a cranker. It like, had, no. basically, yeah. But no, apart from that, really good. Um, we really should good. start to wrap this up. Before we do, though, uh, I just wanted to read this out because it's potentially quite bad news for It's not libelous, is it? For <laughs> me, did you just yeah, say? Yeah, for you. Oh, okay. Uh, this was sent to us by a listener called Matthew Bartlett, but I think a few people have, have possibly mentioned this today on social media. Um, it's a man called Michael Mason. Right. He parked in a lay-by to have a discreet wee... And has ended up with a fine for £88 what? for littering. Littering? Littering. Pissy littering? It says, Michael Mason has a weakened prostate and was 45 minutes into a two-hour car journey when he needed a wee on the A41 near King's Langley. He stopped at the last lay-by before joining the M25. He did the right thing. I managed to make it to the lay-by, Mr. Mason of Winslow, Buckinghamshire, that says... I made sure nobody could see me and was very, very discreet. Of course. Two verys. Yeah, underline with the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An officer from District Enforcement, the firm contracted by Decorum Borough Council to deal with what it calls enviro crimes. What? Was said to have tapped on his window and told him he had been caught littering. He ended up being handed an £88 fine. 
The council says Mr Mason was in breach of Section 78 of the Environmental Protection Act 1990. I think... <laughs> yeah. I think you're not I suggesting th- this gentleman was in the lay-by... I think if it, he's not a stroke or a cranker, just so you know. Yeah, but, he's got um, a weak I, prostate. I think it would be class as littering if you'd filled a large plastic bottle well, and yeah, then left this the is, bottle stood still at the side of the road. If you're one of those people who's lobbing a bottle of Foden Fanta into the bushes <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a lay-by, then, yeah, that's littering. But I think we's not littering. So Nick Freeman, you know that, that lawyer guy who's Mr. Loophole, who's always getting celebrities off speeding, yeah. finds and stuff. He disagrees with this and says, nowhere does the act cited classify urine as litter. Yes. I think most people have a good grasp of what litter is, says Mr. Freeman. It isn't litter. And I think if it was argued in court, in my view, they would lose. Most people have wild wees and not just men. True. Now that's a lawyer speaking. That, well, he speaks the truth. So there we go. Your piss vistas may be legally dubious, but as long as you've got Mr. Loophole on your side, you might be all right. I think if he, I think if he was exposing himself, then that's all, that's not literary. It's another matter. <laughs> <laughs> but I think no, that's just wrong. It's I just realised that I can see the news story now. Though when you get busted for fly a tipping piss-vista. a mattress, that's that's bad, right? Yeah, that's what wrongans do. What if it's a piss sodden mattress? If it's that a pissy mattress, according to this, because now urine's litter. A pissy mattress, yeah. No, I just think that's ridiculous. Although a friend of mine once said to me, uh, and I forgot to mention this ages ago, you know when you sometimes open the passenger... Oh, sorry, we're talking about too much roadside wazzing, but <laughs> when you open the passenger side door to act as a sort of shield, yeah. he winds the window all the way down and then tries to wee over through... What? Through the, yeah. <laughs> just because it says, just, spice, oh. just spices up the event. Adds a little bit of danger to it in case you get a drizzle on the door card. Oh, my God. I haven't tried it yet. And I won't. All right, well. (laughs) On that extremely edifying note, it's probably time to end. Do you think so? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, Uh, No, no, it's time to end. I said to the people who are producing this show, and they said, well, you need a signal. And I said, yeah, we'll need a signal at 50 minutes because then it'll take me 10 minutes to get Johnny to stop talking because he can't take a hint about when it's time to stop the show. I saw a lady yesterday with a hair hair and forehead that looked just like one of those pop-up roofs on a camper van. (laughs) 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 That's it. That's it. I'm finished. That's the end of the book. Just like... It's true. I just kept, look, just kept looking at her forehead and hair going, just really looks familiar. What is that? You know when the, you know when the back lifts... all rippled. Like when, the a... back, when the back lifts of the, and the front stays the same. You know, like these sort of like 70s truck sleeper cabs. You know, so the, you know a pop-up roof where the back's gone up but the front stays down? It looked like that. I kid you not, it looks like that. I just looked at her for a bit too long like this. <laughs> and then I went, I'm writing that down for, for when I do that podcast with that wank cranker. <laughs> uh, yeah, stroker, sorry. Stroker. Yeah, so, yeah. Right anyway, then. that's that then. That's that then. All right, all let's that. bring this into land. Yeah. Um, before we do, I have uh, three things to tell you. One, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel um, in which the vocalist from Dub Be Good To Me a notorious 1980s car spy photographer and the man who played James Bond in On Her Majesty's Secret Service get together to discuss how they like to <laughs> lure animals into traps <laughs> using only a sink made entirely of cooked pork products. <laughs> That's right. It's the Leighton, Layman and Lazenby <laughs> Bacon Basin Bait Show. <laughs> And if you can find your way back out of that one, then I congratulate you on your navigation skills. Bacon and Basin. Bacon, Basin, Bait Show. We're going to retire this bit soon because it's getting fucking tenuous. Anyway, if that's not to your taste, there's always the Late Break Show, which is excellent because it's also real. Um, It is real, yeah. uh, Lots of good videos on there. Uh, Second thing I've got to tell you is, I haven't mentioned this, but actually, uh, I've got a book out. What? (laughs) Would you believe it? Yeah, it's called Boring Car Trivia 4. It's full of lots of uh, amazingly dull facts about cars. So one about SD1s being a governmental form? No, that's for five. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is on sale in the lobby here. And if you're listening at home, you can get it as an e-book or a paperback from Amazon or from our merch shop. No, if you're listening at home, 
Come into Stellantis' HQ. <laughs> we'll leave about, the table. In about a week's time, and there's yeah. a pasting table just by the Alfa Romeo, which is next to a huge and wonderful majestic Christmas tree. And then just, it's like an honesty box. You know those eggs that people uh, in the yeah, countryside yeah. <laughs> give us a quid and take six eggs. Cash only. Uh, and third thing I've got to tell you is that the Icelandic word for Walkman is pocket disco. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, it's actually uh, Vasa disco is the Icelandic, and it literally translates as pocket disco. Amazing. Not that amazing. No, I but, quite like that. Anyway, yeah. um, before we go, we just want to say a huge thank you to uh, the people at Stellantis, in particular Jeremy, who brokered this whole thing, and all of his team and the, the crew who've supported us there at the back of the room to make us audible and visible. Um, yeah. Thank you ever so much for having us. Thank all of you for coming along. Um, it is very kind of you to give up your evening to come and listen to this drivel and to have a look at uh, Nigel Mansell's horrible head. Um, yeah. Yeah, thank you to Dodge, Peugeot, Chrysler, oh, Alpha, Jeep, Maserati, <laughs> Citroen, Fiat, Lancia, Vauxhall, Abarth, DS, Ram, and of course, Opel. Thank you. <laughs> um. <laughs> And on that fitting note, uh, thank you ever so much for coming. Thank you for listening at home. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Cheers, bye, mate. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith and Sniff, a podcast in which two friends... Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> that, nev- that never happens. I completely forgot where I was going. Yeah, you never, you never Because I was it. like, it's not the normal one, because I've got to say we're at Stellantis. And I just suddenly went, oh, I don't know the way to that. Um...